Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. If you're streaming us, I'm the guy with a mask on and the blue shirt. My name is Earl, and I am a recovering car dealer. You're listening to my recorded introduction. And uh, it seems that was recorded back before the pandemic. I, uh, it's like a whole new world that we live in now and everything's changed. Uh, so I have to say that uh, every now and then I have to remind myself this isn't normal and maybe uh, we'll be back to normal one day. I just hope that comes soon. But basically, uh, we're here to help you avoid being taken advantage of when you buy or lease a car, very simply. I've been in the business for 50 plus years, and I'm here with a team of people in the studio uh, that are truly experts on um, the automobile retail business and various specialties. Rick Kearney is uh, our expert on electronics, uh, computerization, uh, mechanics of vehicles. I've got my son, Stu, who is uh, our cyber master. He's the general manager of our dealership, which I mentioned um, because a lot of people think that I'm doing this as a self-serving. For 17 years, I've been doing this show with Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and uh, we started with a half an hour you know, way, way back then. But uh, it is strictly consumer advocacy. It's strictly to help you. And uh, we're using our experience, vast experience here in, the, in this room, uh, having been there and done that in the retail car business. I mean. We fixed a lot of cars, and we've uh, we sold a lot of cars. We've leased a lot of cars. We bought a lot of cars. I mean, think about it. And about uh, 20 years ago or so, I started having second thoughts about my profession, my chosen profession, and I began to clean up my act. That's the reason I call myself a recovering car dealer. And I have the the uh, advantage of having of having been. I, I kid myself and kid others about me. I say I was evil back then. I, I don't think I was really evil back then. I think I was just, uh, I don't know what the word is, I was naive, I didn't. I said everybody does it this way and everybody advertises cars for more less money than they will sell it to you for. Everybody uh, tries to allow you to little for your trade-in. Uh, everybody charges exorbitant interest rates when they finance cars as much as they can and when a little old lady comes in and we try to sell them the car for $5,000 over MSRP, that's okay because everybody does it. And so I didn't think of myself as being a bad person. I don't know what happened. Uh, I guess I do know what happened. It's a long story. Part of it's in my book, by the way, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Time for a commercial. <laughs> Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Uh, this is something, a handbook on how to buy or lease a car, maintain or repair your car without being ripped off. If you read this book, you don't even need to listen to the show. It's a really good book. 100% of the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. 
big dog. <laughs> and, there's, and there's there's our big dog. <laughs> okay, there's a big dog over there. So anyway, uh, that's what the show was. We are not trying to sell cars on the show. We won't. We don't even want to talk about our dealership. Selling we'll dogs. Ask, we'll ask you know answer questions. People will call. I can't say I'm not going to answer that, but. Um, that's that's what the show is all about. So, uh, I'm gonna go around the room here and just uh, ask. Uh, I'll start out. I think I started out with Rick and, and Dancy before. I'll start out with Stu. I'm on the spot. And he's on, he's on the spot. And um, he, you know, the, what Stu adds to the show is the fact that he's there all the time, day to day, and uh, and he really sees currently what's going on, and he is also in charge of the most. Uh, fascinating part of our show, the mystery shopping report. So Stu, tell us a little bit. Well, what's interesting about uh, being in the trenches day to day, um, so I have a similar role to you as well. So I get a lot of uh, uh, emails and calls um, from customers who felt they got ripped off at other car dealerships. So yeah. I'm like, I'm experiencing real time day to day stuff in our dealership. And then I'm actually getting, then I'm getting an influx of uh, yeah. information from the consumers out there. So I'm always learning about new twists and tricks to yeah. uh, what car dealers do. And that often serves as inspiration uh, to the mystery shopping targets that we choose every week. So, uh, for example, we, somebody comes in and said, I went on, in th on this ad, I went there, everything changed. Um, I'll look at that dealership in particular as a potential target, um, but sometimes I'll just find something in my search that'll lead me elsewhere, but it's, it's a constant uh, mental stimulation. There's, there's, there's never an end to the material <laughs> for this show that's sure, out there. Sure. I'm going to interrupt you here because yeah. we have what we live for on this oh, show. A, a female caller, a first-time female caller, and Nancy. Uh, good morning, Debbie. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Just a quick question. Are there any models of Toyotas that come in a convertible? Not that's, right now. That's a real good question, Debbie. Yeah. I'm looking for the same thing. <laughs> a lot of people are. Um, <laughs> Toyota, uh, over the years, over the decades, Toyota's made um, a bunch of convertibles. Uh, they had an old Celica convertible. They had an MR2 convertible. Um, include, and they also had the Solera convertible, which is the probably... The Paseo. And the Paseo, yeah. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if there was other models out there that they cut the roof off. But um, Solera convertibles was, were, were the really popular ones. They were a two-door, kind of like a version of a Camry. And they stopped making them, I think, yeah. in 2006 or maybe a little bit sooner than that. And they are in high demand. People, people want those cars. And um, they're hard to find. And unfortunately, Toyota isn't making any convertibles now. And there aren't any plans um, imminently uh, for more convertibles. And I think uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show, Nancy had a question, the same question. And Nancy made a very good point was uh, there's, you, you get a lot of problems uh, uh, quality problems when you cut the roof off of a vehicle and so there's creaks and groans and I think there were a lot of service problems with it so that's that's why but people still loved it because they look cool and safety problems absolutely yeah. we live in Florida we like the sunshine yeah yeah definitely Debbie I'll tell you what every once in a while whenever I see a Solero convertible on the road uh, I just uh, I, I want to stop that person and uh, make them an offer because I definitely, uh, I definitely miss uh, the fact that, uh, as Stu said, the Celica, uh, the Solera. I, I mean, uh, I loved my Celica convertible, and I certainly wish they would bring them back. Well, I just thought I'd ask. 
Yes. If you get lucky, you, can, you might find one online and use one. Um, what I found, uh, Debbie, is uh, a lot of people who had these cars baby them. And so when we do occasionally see one, either coming in for a trade-in or just a customer in service, they often have very low miles, and they've been babied and waxed and taken care of on the inside. So if you do find one, a lot of them are, are in pretty good shape. So yeah. that's the good news. Yeah, they're worth their weight okay. in gold. Don't forget to tell Debbie about what she won. Yeah, Debbie, you're a first-time caller. You want a convertible. Therefore, you have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> therefore, you have won yourself $50 if uh, you stay on the line and give, uh, you know, give Mike your contact information. I'll get that check out to you. Call oh, again, wow. Debbie. Thank we love female so callers. Yeah, spread the word, Debbie. I just uh, love having uh, these uh, ladies who call in for the first time help us uh, build this platform that is uh, so so much needed. And uh, the uh, you know the the auto industry used to be a boys' club, and uh, I can Absolutely. definitely yeah I can definitely say that uh, we've made some great strides, and uh, your voice must be heard and continue to be heard so thank you again i thank you very much have a wonderful day thanks deb okay sorry Stu. i cut you off over there and uh, we were talking about uh yeah the fact just... that you're the day-to-day -day guy that's on top of what's going on i think uh, about the radio show every week I, I i think about you know what kind of mystery shopping report we're going to do or what kind of information that we uh, we're going to bring to the to the people and I was just saying that there is a never-ending supply of material that comes in day after day, week after week. So um, what I'm trying to say is uh, we will never run out of ideas for a mystery shopping report because the car business is just, just fertile with scams, cons, good ideas, bad ideas. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's an easy job, I guess. If nothing else, <laughs> uh, they come up with an ingenious new uh, names for their hidden fees. Yeah, and they, I think the name uh, of the day is what uh, uh, taxable fees. They now taxable call them fees. Taxable is, fees. Is, That's, yes. And they had electronic filing fees. But we keep looking, and now there's a COVID fee, and we're going to be looking for the COVID fee. Found out that uh, other businesses were char charging COVID fees. So when you check into a hotel now, in addition to all the other nonsense, mm -hmm. charging you for your Wi-Fi and everything else, they have a COVID fee. And there's a restaurant uh, in Miami charging 3% COVID fee because their expenses went up because yeah. of COVID. So now they're passing the COVID cost along to their customers. It's, I guess it's, it's probably uh, it's tough to do for a restaurant. I was talking about that with Josh, who was my, um, uh, who, he's my fill-in host for, my fill -in for the last couple of weeks, if you were listening to the show. And um, I guess you'd have to, like a car dealer, uh, can change its price on the fly pretty easy. I guess if you had a sushi restaurant, it'd be kind of tough to like reprice your menu every time. It's probably easier just to yeah. throw that on there. So yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but speaking of fees, there's an anonymous feedback that came in um, in, the, in the week, and it addressed fees. And uh -huh. um, if, if I got time, I'll read it. It says, I'm from Virginia, and I found this on the Polk County website. And... Um, but it turned. It was actually these were Florida fees, I think. Anyway, so it was a list of an increase in fees from Polk County, Florida. And um, when I was looking through all, the, they're all legitimate DMV fees. But I didn't realize, because I'm not a title clerk, how detailed the breakdown at the DMV gets. And one of the fees, I don't know if you guys remember, if you're listening to the Mystery Shopping Report, I think it was a Napleton dealership. There was a fee called Frivis. Remember that Frivis? 
F R I V S. And we were making fun of it. Yeah, we were going, what's, what, what's Frivis? Well, I saw it on this website at Polk County, and there's a Frivis fee that used to be 50 cents, and now it's $1.25. Mm-hmm. Um, I Googled it. I can't find any reference to Frivis. <laughs> I still don't know. But it, the good news, it might be a legitimate uh, fee. Probably shouldn't have been itemized, uh, you know, line itemed uh, on, a, on a buyer's order, but mm-hmm. it looks like there is a Frivis fee. Who knows what that means? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what they do sometimes, the deal is very clever, is when they have little fees, like a battery fee, and it'll be $2 or whatever, there are these little fees that yeah. Stu's alluding to, and typically car dealers or all retail businesses uh, absorb this as part of their overhead cost yeah. of doing business. But by adding them in the disclosure, if anyone gets their uh, magnifying glass out and really looks at the disclosure, if you have enough legitimate fees in there, you can sock it to them yeah. with the electronic filing fee or the dock fee, and people just scam over it because yeah. they see all these other fees. You're muddy in the water. Exactly. The, so. uh, I'm looking at these fees, and I think there was another one that we saw on a mystery shop, and it was a retro-reflection material charge. Remember we saw this reflector charge? That's on here, too. Yeah. It's only it's two dollars and fi- it's fifty cents. <laughs> I, we better give these phone numbers out. I don't. I think we have to be. I think uh, we should. More vigilant about that. Do you want to do it, Nancy? You want me to do it? Yeah, definitely. And then we'll get to Kristen. Uh, our phone number is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. You can definitely call us. Our lines are open. Any question at all is a good question. Even your opinion would love that. Would love some constructive criticism. Anything. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and don't forget your anonymous feedback.com and facebook and youtube and twitter um, facebook.com forward slash earl on cars uh, youtube earl on cars uh, twitter uh, you know we're, i'm probably leaving something out but uh it used to be pure telephone stuff, and we, we prioritize the telephone calls, don't we, Nancy? Because you got the personality thing, you got the dialogue going, and there's nothing like a good old fashioned telephone call. Yeah. So, one on one. 877 960 9960. That's 877 960 9960. And callers we prioritize because we, we don't want you to have to hang on the line for a long time, uh, especially if you're driving. And uh, we also uh, um, can get to the text later and the Facebook postings later, and sometimes they accumulate. But we get to most all of them before the show's over. But uh, we all, another reason that we only got three or four lines coming to the station and if we have too many calls come in, then people get a busy signal. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't want to do that. And, and as far as the texting is concerned, you, you know, as to, uh, Stu has mentioned before, sometimes we can't always get to them, and he saves them from the uh, last week, yeah. and he'll mention them, you know, today on the show. And, uh, by the way, uh, welcome back, Stu. Thank Josh you, thank you. Uh, did an amazing job. Was he as funny as I am? <laughs> Funnier. I think yeah. he, he, had, he had some girls out there want to know if he was single. Oh, really? Have you had that yet? Yeah, usually when I leave the studio, they're yeah. out by the front door, and I, I hide until they leave, ah, and I run, run out yeah. to my car. Yeah, he was beating the women off. 
Uh, he, he really uh, was. They were know. they were trying to get it. They were try, they were asking. They were texting me for the code to get in the front door. Well, you guys, so, uh, he, they didn't. You didn't have obviously didn't have his picture up on the <laughs> on the website for us. So that's that's yeah, probably Rick Kearney's been very silent With, here and patiently uh, sitting here. You know, before, I, before we get to Rick, excuse me, we're going to go to Kristen, and she's been on hold. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Uh, we uh, are going to get to her call, and she's calling from Orlando. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Great. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <clears throat> I had a question about oil. Why synthetic would be better than conventional, and what would the interval change be for synthetic oil average for a vehicle? Rick? Synthetic oil is better because it actually allows for tighter tolerances in the engines, so the engines can actually be built to last longer. Uh, okay. It used to be 35, 40 years ago, an engine with 150, 200,000 miles was kind of on its last legs. Now, an engine with 200,000 miles is barely even hitting middle age. Uh, we see cars with 400, 500,000 miles on them nowadays. Amazing. And synthetic oil is one of the reasons for it. However, if your car was not actually designed for synthetic oil, you still need to stick with the original manufacturer's recommended maintenance schedule. So if your car was intended uh, to have your oil changed every 5,000 miles, you still should change it every 5,000 miles. Switching to synthetic can still be a good idea, though, because it can help clean the engine out better to get the dirt out of the engine and to help the heat transfer is actually better with synthetic oils. Okay. And, it's a, and uh, Kristen, it, it, it's always a good idea uh, to uh, check your owner's manual and uh, check on those recommendations, just like Rick said. Okay. I guess I was under the assumption that if you did um, synthetic oil, you had synthetic oil, that it gave you a little bit, like a few more thousand miles, but I guess that's not correct. Now, you, you still want to stick with what your manufacturer recommends, even though you'll, you'll see the commercials for, like, mobile. They'll say, yeah. oh, we have this magic oil that you only change it every 15,000 miles or every 20,000 miles. No, you don't want to do that because if something goes wrong, you're going to have a real hard time getting mobile to cover the cost of your engine versus <laughs> having, say, uh, Honda repair your engine under warranty. If you can show that you had your oil changed exactly on time as Honda recommends it, they're more likely right. to stand behind you. I understand. Uh, uh, Rick, why, why is it that uh, there are times whenever that's extended uh, when you have synthetic oil and uh, they say, hey, you can go to 7,000, 8,000 miles. Yeah. Uh, what's the reason for that? Well, they're trying to sell their product. And if they can make their product sound better than the guy next to them, you're going to buy their product. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm always uh, glad to, uh, you know, refer to my owner's manual no matter what I do on my car. I feel pretty safe right there. It's, it's marketing. Yeah. But... The main one to stick with is what the manufacturer of your car says is the proper maintenance schedule. Stick Absolutely. with that. You can't go wrong. Well, Kristen, I hope that right. we answered your question. Do you have any other questions? No, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. And uh, thank you for being, and congratulations for being a first-time caller. Thank you. 
You know, one of the things, I'm getting a lot of calls, Stu and I both get a lot of calls from just people, uh, and they recognize uh, the show or maybe the blog or something like that. Uh, I'm getting more and more calls about, why do I have to change my oil when I haven't been driving? You know, a lot of people have curtailed their driving. Yeah. And uh, you're sit your car's sitting in the garage, you might have 2,000 miles on it, but uh, it's, it's been sitting there for six or eight months, and or maybe longer. And why do I have to change my oil when I only could put 2,000 miles on it? Um, that is, I get that all the time. And people don't want to go into car dealerships or repair garages now because of the COVID. And you don't want to be out there with your face mask on, uh, being exposed to people. So people say, I just soon not have to change my oil. Uh, do I have to do it? Um, as we talked earlier with the caller, you have to go by the, the owner's uh, manual. Now, a lot of manufacturers and a lot of car dealers and a lot of service departments are being understanding about the fact that people don't want to come in. And you should call and, and see, I, I know I'm supposed to be in, I know it's been a year since I changed my oil, but I've only put 3,000 miles on the car since my last oil change. Do I need to come in now? The answer should be no. Let's wait. You can wait a while, stretch it out a couple of months, and, and then and change your oil. But it, Rick, briefly explain why time deteriorates oil and not just mileage. Well, oil that's in the store is in a sealed container. And it's, it's plugged down, it's sealed, it's protected from the atmosphere. Oil that's in your engine, however, has now been exposed to the atmosphere and there is airflow through the engine, even just when it's sitting still in your garage or on the street. Mm -hmm. That atmospheric airflow is actually allowing some small amounts of contaminants to get to the oil. Humidity, dust. Humidity, condensation, dirt particles, little bits like that are getting to that oil and it tends to break down the efficiency of the oil, especially the water content, the condensation that builds up. Yeah. It will actually, it doesn't technically mix with the oil, but it will sit in the oil. And then when you start driving your car, it takes a long time for that water to actually boil off and burn away as steam. Sure. And of course, that also causes issues inside the engine. Exactly. So a car that's not sitting, a, that sits a whole lot, really it's not too good for the car itself, but that's why the oil becomes contaminated is from being exposed to the atmosphere. And if you have anything about your car that you're concerned about in terms of your responsibility to maintain, so on and so forth, your warranty and other uh, items that you're concerned about, go on record with your car dealer or with your independent mechanic, uh, whoever you're dealing with, and say, I feel uncomfortable about bringing my car in for service. Uh, I'd like to wait another couple of months, is that okay? And then confirm with an email. I mean, you want to know, you want them to know and the manufacturer to know that you are concerned about maintaining your car, but this COVID thing is a whole different ballgame. This is, this is, we all have to modify our behavior. Retailers, manufacturers, consumers, we gotta, we gotta, you know, you're thinking about going into a place of business and uh, contacting the COVID virus, you don't want that to happen. So oil changes suddenly seem unimportant, but go on record anyway, because this thing will be over with, and someone's going to blame you if you just didn't change your oil for two years and never said anything about it. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, even before the pandemic, I can honestly say that there have been a lot of people who have thought that if they're 
you know, their car sitting in the garage, they think that that's just great and it's not being used. Hey, my car's been in the garage and, you know, has very little miles on it and I haven't really, you know, uh, exposed it uh, to the elements, to the pollution. But uh, I'm afraid you're wrong because uh, it needs maintained just like the human body. You've got to maintain your vehicle, uh, everything from uh, the oil that uh, Rick talked about uh, to the uh, uh, tires, everything. So it's very important. Anyway, we've got some great information here this morning, uh, and uh, we've got a great mystery shopping report. And uh, I'm going to give you that number one more time. 877-960-9960 and the text number is 772-497-6530 again don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com any text any uh oh yeah they're coming in we have text and anonymous feedback Uh, i'll jump over to a text that um, came in early it's from dave in san diego he says greetings from san diego love the show even though it's very early california time no kidding um, question on used cars. What is the holding cost or carrying cost per day to keep a used car on the lot? From what, I, from what I've read, it ranges from $35 to $50 a day. So what is the sweet spot for how long a, a car dealer should keep the car on the lot before significantly lowering the price or sending it to auction? I ran into several Volvo dealers in my search that refused to lower the price on a used car even after it had been on the lot 100 days. Um, and one dealer that had a car on the lot for seven months and still kept the price, the car on the price, the price on the car the same. And that's like I said, Dave in San Diego. You know, I'm, honestly, I don't, I don't measure, measure by per day cost. I could probably calculate it. I mean, right off the bat, as soon as a car dealer gets a used car, he's going to spend some money on it. So that's going to be part of the cost. But over the time, he keeps it on the lot. Um, f- before we talk about depreciation, there's a lot of expenses that occur with it. That's normal over yeah. there. And, yeah. uh, interest rates are so low today. Uh, a lot of car dealers uh, don't borrow money to finance their used cars. Some yeah. do, but if they do, it's still a minimal cost. You have to wash the car occasionally. You have yeah. to, uh, you know, charge the battery. Yeah. That's not, the main thing you should worry about when you're when you're buying cars, shopping and comparing the prices, even on a used car, even though it's more difficult to do. And uh, the intelligent dealer, the 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 savvy car dealers, do lower their price on their cars, and uh, they do have a time limit. If a car sits on a lot for six months and you can't sell it, there's a message there somewhere. Yeah, there's something Uh, wrong with that car. (laughs) Either the car's price too high or just a car people don't want to buy, you should take it to the auction. People don't like to take cars to the auction, car dealers, I should say, because they lose money. And oftentimes the reason cars sit on dealer lots too long is the used car manager is afraid to admit oh, yeah. he made a mistake. Oh yeah, oh, and well, also because it'll be a, he'll take it, he'll take a hit to his paycheck when he sells that exactly. car. Exactly. But uh, car dealers got a blessing, you know, with the uh, ironically with you know big, the tragedy of the coronavirus, um, the shortage of used cars I think was originally spurred by the the shutdown of production yeah. of new cars, which trickled down to the used car market. Prices have gone crazy on them, so a lot of dealers have seen a reprieve. Yeah. And the you know their expense their de- depreciation expense. That's a good question yeah. to ask a dealer if you're shopping for a used car. Yeah. Is how long has that car been on yeah. the lot? And ask them to show it to you. Sometimes they don't want to admit it. Uh, sometimes you can tell by looking at the stock number. But yeah. uh, if a car uh, sat on a used car lot 
for three or four or five or six months or a year. There's a reason for it. A, you don't want to buy that car. Yeah. Certainly not at the asking price. I mean, yeah. they, they've had that asking price for a long time. Nobody else wanted to buy it. Why do you want to buy yeah. it? Well, Dave, Red quick question. For sure. Yeah, uh, just the, the quick answer also is, like Earl alluded to this before, um, dealers will have a car on the lot, and they call them aging buckets. So they'll say the first 10 days or the first seven days, and they do incremental price uh, decreases over, over time. And the magic number is, and this is just a guideline, but a lot of car dealers are kind of sloppy with, in their management. They don't adhere to it. would be 90 days. Uh, most dealers, that's kind of like the truism. At 90 days, it leaves your lot, it goes to an auction, and then you sell it for a profit or a loss, yeah. no matter what. So uh, I guess that would be the answer, but price, com- uh, price comparisons with different dealers, as difficult as it is, is key. Okay, more text? Um, Jessica and Sebring, who uh, I believe she texted us, uh, or she might have called us uh, on my, the last show I was on. It says, good morning. It's Jessica from Sebring. Just wanted to say I really enjoy your show, and I've learned so much about cars. I'm a former car saleswoman, so I just love the car talk, and your show is a must-listen for all consumers. Thanks for your commitment, and thanks for being great, all of you. Oh, thanks, Jessica. Thank you very much, Jessica. From what I hear, you were definitely did very well Mm -hmm. as a uh, salesperson. Uh, You've shared your expertise with me uh, long before, uh, well, women really thought about selling cars. Thank you. It was a rarity way back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it was very rare when you were doing it. It's still rare. Yeah, we have a sales uh, person named Tana. She's a, a woman and. She was. She's been working um, at that at our dealership since I think 1990. That's yeah. 30 years, and that's just, that's just crazy. So back then, when she started 1990, she was a, she was a unicorn. He just didn't see a, a, a female uh, car salesman. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that uh, Jessica heard a lot of uh, male splaining. Uh, you know these uh, details uh, because they assume that women uh, just uh, don't. Uh, well, uh, uh, they don't know anything about their car. They don't know anything about what's under the hood. Uh, they uh, are. They fail at negotiating. And my oh my, have things changed? I got a great anonymous feedback here. It says the closing booth. Be careful. A local car dealership set the phone so they could listen in on man and wife private conversations. If you are unguarded, you can unwittingly give away too much information to the benefit of the salesperson. And even though it's anonymous, he identifies it's Steve. Um, and the reason I'm saying that's funny is I do think there's an old story that you have. I believe the statute of limitations is long expired. This is probably late 60s, early 70s. Spill it, Earl. <laughs> Well, everybody, uh, you know, everybody did that many, many years ago, and I say many. I'm talking, you know, 50 years ago, and uh, and more recent, and uh, some probably still do it today. But think about it: um, the car business, business, uh, you sell a car, it's haggle, hassle, it's negotiation. So, if you have a husband and wife, for example, that come into a car dealership, and uh, the the, the car salesman does his duty, he'll start out with a very high price, knowing that there'll be a counter offer, then you'll play the game talking to the sales manager. So there's always a discussion, and uh, typically a private discussion between two people. It could be an advisor, a father, son, it could be a couple of, anybody, any two people buying a car, one's the advisor, one's the buyer. So what better value of information to know what they're saying when they don't think they're being listened to? So it was common practice uh, back in the 50s and the 60s, before that, and I think probably all the way up into the 80s and 90s, but 
it's still going on today, I promise you, somewhere. There was a huge, uh, John from Palm City, hang on there, we'll be right with you. Let me finish this train of thought. And uh, so back in the day, we did it at our Pontiac dealership. Didn't think anything of it. We didn't have hidden microphones, but we had, uh, we had intercom system, and we would listen to the conversations. All dealers did it. And finally, uh, somebody stood up on their hind legs in Texas and said, this has got to stop, and they got the FBI involved. FBI came in and shut down a car dealership in, in Texas because of uh, eavesdropping on customers. And then it become, became fairly scarce, but uh, it, st it still goes on today. What a great way to say, listen, the husband says to the wife, we're not going one penny over $22,500. Now what valuable information is that to the salesman, knowing exactly what their top price would be? And uh, it, be very careful when you're in a car dealership today. Be careful when you're discussing things with your partner yeah. in the dealership because someone might be listening. Look at the phone. Usually there's a little display on the phone that tells you if it's connected to a line. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, we got John from Palm City holding. Good morning, John. Welcome to the show. Good morning to everyone. Hey, John. I'm just, I want to discuss a big problem this year. It's targeting against certain vehicles being built. <laughs> The vehicle that I'm, I'm talking about is mostly built by Ford, <clears throat> and it's the police car. Example, so far, 310 of them have been totally destroyed in New York City. The, the Ford employees, a large group of them, they sent a letter, a union-authorized letter, to Jim Hackett, who's the CEO of Ford. And in their letter, they're demanding that Ford stop building all police department cars the reason is the cars are being used as accessories to PD brutality and oppression. Well, we all know how ridiculous that is. The answer from CEO Jim Hackett was the issue raised has nothing to do with vehicles being driven. So I just want to mention a ridiculous situation like that. We don't want to get political on this station, but I just thought I'd mention Ford builds a, a beautiful automobile for many years. The number one police car, actually, has been Ford and Chevrolets, but Ford seems to be <coughs> building the largest amount, and I think that's just ridiculous that a letter like that should go out authorized by the union, which is so stupid because building these cars makes jobs for the union employees. So it just sounds absolutely insane. And I just want to board up that issue. Well, thank you, John. You know, on an interesting subject, uh, Stu and I were surprised. Hackett, apparently the CEO of Ford, is is uh, going to be leaving. And in October, uh, new CEO of Ford Motor Company, Jim Farley, James Farley, who Stu and I know personally, uh, going way, way back uh, to the days of Scion. In fact, Nancy uh, met uh, Jim Farley. We were on a, on a Scion trip, I think. Yeah. I, I think it was in Seattle. I can't remember where it was. But... Uh, all I can tell you is that he's a really, really amazing man. He's uh, he went on to, to run Lexus after Scion. Ran before. Lexus. Yeah. Uh, he he had the the whole purpose of the Scion thing was to try to sell cars the way cars should be sold by putting your lowest price on the car and without any uh, games or yeah. negotiating and and surprise hidden fees. He really had a great idea for Toyota. It never flew and. Yeah. Uh, Cyan it was an inspiration. It, it played a big role in like in your transformation and how we started transforming yeah. the ways we did about 20, 20 something years exactly, ago. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, James James Farley, if you're out there, 
uh, congratulations, and uh, we wish you the best. And I think it's a great move for Ford. Didn't mean to go off on a tangent like that, John, but you mentioned the CEO of Ford, and I think that that's really good news for Ford Motor Company. Well, I'm proud of his answer, that his answer said the issue race has nothing to do with the vehicles that yes, are being driven. Exactly. That was a very good answer for him. It is. And I want to say something else about New York City, too, because my youngest daughter lives there. It's not only a mess in a jungle, but it's affecting the car. Many of the car dealerships are not even open, or if they are, they're open just by special appointment. And in, and some of these websites, uh, like Carvana, they will absolutely not deliver any automobile to Manhattan. Really? It's, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. You're, it's, you're, it's, you're, uh, you're absolutely right, And you right, can't blame John. them, really, because yeah. there's so much hassle, and there's so much checking points now, so... They'll sell you the car, but you have to meet them in the outside uh, suburbs. Yeah. Uh, my granddaughter uh, lives in Manhattan. She just recently, uh, her and her fiancé just bought a Land Rover, uh, uh, excuse me, a Range Rover. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what a complicated uh, transaction that turned into. They uh, drove out of Manhattan. I think they drove to Jersey to purchase the vehicle. And, uh, oh boy, have things changed in New York. Manhattan, the whole place. That's what my daughter's friend had to do. She it was bought through Carvana, and it had a delivery out on Long Island in Nassau County. So it created a problem because they had to take a train out there yeah. to pick up the car. So yeah. it gets complicated. Yeah. But it's it's sad that's going on today. And I like I say, I don't want to get political again. But then when they start chasing after police cars and destroying them, that's taxpayers' money. They're all self-insured in most municipalities, so it's the t not the insurance company, it's the taxpayer that's footing the bill. Definitely. Well, you guys, I look forward to the shopping report. Thank you, John. We always look forward to hearing from you and uh, some of the uh, topics that you uh, bring to the table. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero, and uh, uh, that uh, mystery shopping report will be coming up uh, last half hour of the show, and we definitely look forward to you, uh, well, voting on uh, how you feel about uh, the dealership that uh, we shopped this week. We are going to go to Marty, uh, and he's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Hi. How are you? Well, thank you. What can we do for you this morning? Uh, I uh, brought my car in for service a couple of weeks ago for the Toyota Care Service, <clears throat> and I know one of your, uh, I guess you call it your ads or whatever, says you do a uh, free front-end alignment check. And my question is, I know they didn't do it, so my question is, are they supposed to do it, or do you wait for a certain amount of miles? Or uh, uh, I've been to other dealerships where, you know, they put those things on your wheels, and they do uh, an actual check where you go through like a machine. Well, Marty, uh, I'm glad you reported that. If we, uh, if we told you we did a free front-end alignment check and didn't do it, I'd like to get the specifics, so if you could call me. Uh, later, or uh, you could call me directly anytime. I'd like to investigate that and see that the person responsible uh, is coached on that sort of thing. Uh, 
we do a free front alignment check uh, because it is a computerized, a very simple check in just a couple of minutes. Uh, a lot of uh, service departments charge for the front alignment check. Uh, you should really never have your front end alignment done until you see that it was checked and you can look at the measurements. So all the measurements that indicate whether or not you need to pay for the actual alignment are in the front alignment, front end alignment check. Um, so that, that would be, uh, uh, if someone tries to charge you for a check, um, say no. And uh, when they do check, ask to see the printout of the, of the alignment which would indicate, yes, I do need one, no, I don't need one. Now, should they have given me a printout? If you'd ask for it, what we, what we typically do is we check the uh, for the alignment, and then if it requires alignment, we'll advise the customer. Uh, we probably should advise the customer that we checked and you do not require an alignment. Uh, I'd say on the average, uh, cars just coming into a service drive, probably one out of four needs an alignment with it. Would that be about right? Less. Maybe one out of 10. That's a little more yeah. like it. About 10% of all cars driving on Florida roads, you hit a curb, you hit a pothole, and then you need an alignment. So, yeah. so it's something you should have checked every time you bring it in for service. But as I said before, do not pay yeah. for the check. You have to pay for the alignment, but you don't have to pay for the checkup. Yeah. A long time ago, uh, right. we actually, Marty, we uh, started, we were trying to check every single car because we actually learned that even brand new cars that came in directly from uh, our distributor, right, basically brand new factory made cars, um, a significant percentage had um, their alignment was off. And so we were trying to make it an effort to do that. Your car, you said you came in for Toyota Care, so that your car is just uh, pretty new. You're still under the Toyota Care period. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so. Um, if they did check it and they and they didn't say anything, I, they probably it probably wasn't checked. Um, um, we've kind of pulled off checking every single car, especially the brand new ones. Rick can advise on that. We we do it more. You know where the uh, the three bays are that the customer can see. Yeah. You know, right in front. Right. They're not doing. The, All they, I needed was yeah. the was the tire uh, you know rotation Basin. and and the basic thing. So I was watching because I was sitting outside yeah. with my mask on. Yeah, we don't have the and alignment I, check. That's inside the the sh inside yeah. the shop where the the alignment machine is. And um, yeah, so a lot of times on those on those the, those early maintenances, we're just trying to get them in and out as, as quickly right, and, right. As, as possible. Which I yeah. understand. Yeah. If if you request it, it does take it would, time. Yeah, if you if you'd requested it, we would have gotten it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next time, uh, I've only got about thirty five hundred miles in six months on the car. So the next time when I'm in there for the first oil change, oh yeah, ask I'll it. ask him to check sure. it. Great. Thank you, Marty. I appreciate the call. <laughs> um, you know, everybody. Okay. If I if if I were a, a civilian and I was driving a car and I was going to a car dealer. I'd always ask them to check my alignment for free, uh, you know, one out of 10. It doesn't take too long to ruin a, a set of tires, I'm speaking from experience. Mm. And sometimes you can have your car out of alignment and uh, you don't feel the pull, and you don't have a symptom per se, but uh, they can wear on the inside, you don't even see the wear. Yeah. So one day uh, somebody puts your car up on lift and say, Mr. Stewart, we need to put a new set of tires on your car. And I said, why? Because your car's been out of alignment. Well, here I am, you know, the shoemaker, yeah. never getting my shoes checked and never getting my car checked. But if you're out there driving, ask them to check your alignment. I got a question for Rick. So I know there's all different types of ways your, your tires, your wheels can be out of alignment. Um, 
is it possible, Rick, for them to be like pigeon toed, where they kind of both point the front tires together, like, and then you wouldn't, it would kind of negate the pull, and they, they would still wear the tires? Yes, that's called toe in toe or in. toe out. Okay. And you, you really wouldn't feel a symptom from it, but it can cause a, a outside wear. Outside wear. Yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah, mine like mine is inside wear. I had no tread left on the inside of my tires, but on the outside, they look fine. Yeah. And uh, I was on the verge of a blowout. Right. And, and so this you, is a car dealer. This guy, yeah. should, yeah, he, he I, should know I was, what he's I was just going to say that, you know, and uh, you ought to see the uh, exterior. Yeah. <laughs> That's an inja- inside joke, folks. <laughs> well, okay. I think we have a YouTube over I, there, don't we? Well, we also have Marty still on the line, I think. <laughs> I just, I oh. just want to give you another, just another compliment. I've been to many Toyota dealers when I buy a car. You definitely are the best. Well, thank you, Marty. And, and, and you're the easiest to work with. You know, everybody's in. I've been to some Toyota dealers. Now, I have bought a car from somebody who is very tough to buy a car from, and they have the worst reviews in the world, but I've always got a good deal from them because I'm buying a new car. I think most of their bad reviews came from used cars. Interesting. And I don't, I don't want to give you their name, but I'm sure you know where they are because they're in Pompano. Okay. Well, that's fine. And, and, <laughs> And uh, they, though, have always, you know, made a good deal. But huh. your dealership is a very fair, and uh, they do a nice job. So I, and I love the, and I like the service people in there that are, you know, they're nice. Well, thank you, Marty. It's very kind of you. Uh, yeah. And uh, anytime uh, I can help you, you just give me a call. And uh, please call okay. the show again. I appreciate it. Marty, thanks for taking the time to, uh, well, more or less reinforce what's going on out there in the auto industry. Uh, we definitely appreciate what you just said. So give us a call again, and we'll see you okay. soon. Okay. Have a nice day. You, you too. too. Have a great weekend. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 497 6530. Keep those anonymous feedbacks coming in and the texts, and uh, we're all right here to answer your questions. And back on Marty's call, before I forget, a lot of people, it's kind of like an old wives' tale or an urban legend that when you buy a car from a particular car dealer, you need to bring it back to him for service. Nothing could be further from the truth. What you should do is shop for the best deal, the best price you can, and shop with at least three different car dealers and buy it where you get the best price. And then you take it for service where you get the best service. I mean, a lot of times car dealers will have great service, but their prices are not too competitive. And sometimes they'll have great prices, but the service department's terrible. You can also take your car, your new car, to an independent repair place to have the service done. Uh, you can't have warranty done there, but you can have service done there. You want to be sure that they're qualified, they have ASC qualified mechanics, and that they uh, do good work, and that you keep the receipts of all the work, and that you follow your owner's manual's recommendations. So armed with that, if you have a warranty issue, you don't have to bring it into the dealer all the time. You know, you, you're pretty much independent as to where you choose your service and where you buy your car. Yeah, great point. Okay. Um, I think we have a YouTube over it. Don't we? Well, on the earlier subject we had with uh, a used car sitting on the lot for a long time, Fred Durham is asking, 
How about an aging brand new car on the lot? Say it's been on the lot for six months and can I get a really good price on it? Would it be safe to buy? Yes, uh, you, you should be cautious because just like a uh, used car, why has that new car been there? There are legitimate reasons why a new car can sit around too long. Somebody ordered too many white cars or too many blue cars and uh, you just dealer is not exercising good judgment when he orders his mix of models. If a car's uh, been on the lot for a long time, you're going to worry about square tires and, and oil change and uh, the, battery. the battery. And uh, I mean, the, uh, I would always prefer, if I'm shopping, uh, to, to order a relatively fresh car, buy a relatively fresh car. But you're right, you can get a good price on a car that's been sitting there for a long time. Oftentimes dealers will have a, they call it a flat commission. And if you, if you sell a car that's been there for 90 days or six months or something like that, a salesman can make a hand, handsome amount of money by selling that car. But that can work against you too because you might come in and want to buy this fresh car and the salesman's getting a $500 bonus flat commission to sell you that car that's been sitting there for a year. He's going to be persistent. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so there's a lot of manipulation goes on with customers. My advice to you is choose a year make model car you want to buy, the accessories, and stick to it. And don't buy anything else that the salesperson tries to switch you to because there's usually an ulterior motive Absolutely. and it's always money. Yeah. Buy the car that you came in to buy. If they don't have it, go where somebody does have it or let them get it for you. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to go out to Dallas. Uh, we're going to talk to Justin. Good morning, Justin. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good hey, morning. Justin. Welcome. You're Good called. morning, everyone. Good morning. I had a quick, I had a quick question. Um, you know how, like, when you're buying a house, you could buy a house, you know, price per square foot. Well, is there an equivalent ratio when buying a used car with you know X amount of mileage? Is it you know one dollar per mile already driven? Uh, and I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Thank you, well, Justin. Well, that's an interesting question, Justin. Interesting. I, I, haven't been asked, I haven't had that question asked before. And uh, uh, the answer is no, there isn't a, but I wonder, a, a rule of thumb. I wonder if we, if, if, it was, if we analyzed it, we'd certainly have enough data. And I'm not volunteering to do this, by the way. <laughs> but it would be interesting to see if there was a correlation dollar-wise. <laughs> I don't know. There could be. Yeah, I think, if anything, uh, Rick brought a subject up earlier uh, about the fact that today's cars can run three, four, or 500,000 miles. There was a time when a car had 50,000 miles maybe 30 or 40 years ago. At 50,000 miles, you couldn't even get the car financed. Banks didn't want to finance a car right. that had over 50,000 miles because they weren't reliable. Today, the, uh, the reliability and longevity of these cars is so great that uh, I, would, I recommend to people, if they want to buy a used car and they're going to keep it for a while, look for higher mileage cars. Mm -hmm. uh, one that's got a good Carfax report, one that's been maintained. Hopefully, if you could get an original owner and really know the history of the car, if you can buy a car with uh, 200,000 miles on it, you can get a great price because the prices sometimes are aimed at perception. And if you've got a car sitting here with 50,000 miles and another identical car sitting here with 200,000 miles, people are going to gravitate to the 50,000 naturally. Mm -hmm. But what if the 50,000 miles isn't really as good a car as the 200,000 miles? Mm -hmm. A well-maintained 200,000 mile car is probably a better buy than the same year make model 
50,000 that wasn't maintained yeah, properly. If, they, if somebody ragged on it. Yeah. So I mean, shop, shop around and, yeah. and get it checked out by a mechanic, check the Carfax report, and uh, you can get a real yeah. bargain on a high-mileage car. Yeah. It is still, it's still worthwhile using that um, in your discussion with the dealer. Um, if you go to like a source uh, like AutoTrader or Cars.com and you can list all the cars, say you're looking for a you know, 2015 Honda Accord, so you, you search that and you can sort it by mileage and you can start to see the correlation in prices. So if you see one that you like and, you can, and, the, and the dealer's asking X amount of dollars for it, if, with a little research you can say, hey listen, I've seen about a dozen of the same car out there with the same miles for considerably less, or yeah. it gives you an idea to kind of have a conversation. There, there is a rule of thumb because the the, the guidebooks, the, uh, the, the yeah. blue books and the NADA yeah. books. You put it in miles and it's going to uh, calculate There's it. a correlation, yeah. Marty, to answer your question, there is a direct correlation between mileage and what the wholesale value is, which translates into retail, yeah. too. So, so I think you just brought up a great idea. Look but it, for but it's definitely car. model specific. It doesn't yeah. wouldn't apply to all all vehicles because no. you know luxury car or yeah. you know that's. But there's a mileage and and there's also a mileage adder. If you have a particularly low mileage car, there's an adder to value. But it's all yeah. perception because how that car was maintained is not part of the Mannheim or the Blue Book, Kelly Blue Book or the Black Book. It's not part of that. They don't know. And you need to do your own yeah. due diligence to find out and get a great buy. When you have extremely low miles, you can also throw out those books because you might have a car, let's say, uh, there, there's some algorithm on these sites that you, you plug in the miles and it's going to give you a deduction or an addition to the price. Let's say you had a 19, 2001 Honda Civic and it had 4,000 miles, which is not unheard of in South Florida. You might have an older person who yeah. barely and drove it. You put that number in the books, it's going to come up with a very low number, and I would say reject that because that's a one-of-a-kind car. Um, as long as it was well-maintained, you know, that's, you know, forget about the books. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to uh, give a shout-out to Jay. Give us a call back. Jay was calling us from West Palm Beach. Our number is 877-960-9960, and uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, 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 sorry to have had you on. Yeah, apologize hold. to Jay. We got the Akin and didn't know you were holding, and and Nancy probably couldn't get our attention. I apologize. Please call back. We want to prioritize hey. phone calls. Yeah, absolutely. Jay, welcome back. Thank you for giving us a second chance. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, all right, Earl. My question is: I have a 2009 ES350. I have 130,000 miles on it. Uh, I do the regular maintenance that I'm supposed to do. Yesterday, I took it in for an oil change, and they told me I needed to change the cabin air filter. They charged me $60 for it. Um, did, is that about a normal price to do that? Is that something I could have done myself? And about when do I need to keep checking up on that? Well, you can do it yourself, and uh, you can shop around, get yourself a, a good buy on the filter, and do the lab yourself and save a lot of money. Uh, uh, Rick, uh, you can address this. I, one of the things I always think of when I think about changing uh, cabin air filters is to look at the filter. And uh, I guess if it's a black filter, it's hard to tell. But if it's a white filter, you can usually tell. But Rick, you know more about that than I do. Rule of thumb is about 30,000 miles. However, it's good to inspect it about every 10 to 15,000 miles because sometimes leaves or other debris can get down into that filter and start to clog it up. Um, it's located behind the glove box, so it can be a little bit of a trick to get to, but once you know how to get the glove box down, it's pretty straightforward. And you can buy them aftermarket 
and get a good quality filter aftermarket for $35-$40. Hmm. Very good. And you can even get the ones that are activated charcoal so it helps reduce odors and improves the air quality that's coming into your car. <clears throat> All right, perfect. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Jay. Please call again. Thank well, you. Why are cabin I air will. filters more expensive than engine air filters? Is it just because it's easier to get to the engine air filter? Well, the that's one main reason. Uh, the other reason is that the engine air filter is going to be just a simple paper filter, whereas the cabin filter is quite often, like I say, active with the charcoal. Okay. There you go. And it's also because they can charge more. It's just a question of yep. everything. You know, yeah. In terms of cost is only one factor in retail price. Yeah. The big factor is how much can we get away with charging yeah. it. So the, the, car, the manufacturers charge dealers an exorbitant price for oh, parts. For, yeah, for the part. Yeah, and, I was going to say. We, yeah. We're a captive audience, right? I mean, uh, uh, I'm a, <laughs> we, we have a Toyota dealership. You have a Honda dealership, a Ford dealership, Ford or Honda or Toyota. They can charge the dealer anything they want because with warranty parts, you have to use yeah. their parts. And then the dealer is kind of stuck because those are what we call those competitive items. So these are things that are shopped frequently. Yeah. And so you got to mark them. It's not a whole lot of markup. Because I say that because I know like we're about for a cabin air filter, generally around 60 bucks, like um, like the caller just asked yeah. about. And a cabin air filter is about 30, 40 bucks. So Stand it's a, standard markup on parts for car dealers is uh, 40%. Mm. So, uh, and then you will take that's a suggested markup by the manufacturer. Then the uh, parts department will mark them up sometimes 80%, 200%, whatever they can get away with. So, you really need to shop yeah. and compare it when you're talking about higher price parts. And if but you get all like the aftermarket, tires. buy it. Yeah, but generally, like competitive things like tires and air filters, you don't see these huge markups on it. Yes. And so, the dealer's kind of getting squeezed a little bit by the market and the manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah, you know, on, a, on an another note here, I am really excited about your anonymous feedback and uh, how you responded to mm -hmm. it this morning as we had a uh, lengthy discussion on our way into the show. So, uh, folks, stay tuned for that also. We're going to go to Bill, who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Hey, Bill, you there? Good morning, Bill. I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to say thank you to y'all. I enjoy your sunsets on Facebook. Well, thank you very and, much. Um, <laughs> thank you. I bought a car from your dealership, a Scion XB, in 2005. Loved my experience, and I wanted a Toyota Tacoma forever. So I finally bought one from your dealership, and I just wanted to say thank you for everything you do. I can't. I didn't have a better buying experience, and I'd like to shout out to Paul Guerra, who was my salesman. Oh, well, thank oh, you very thank much. You. Nice of you to say, Bill. Thank you so much. <laughs> and no, thank you guys. I mean, I can't. I researched and researched, and and the no fees and everything, and now I'm an avid radio listener listener to your show, <laughs> and just wanted to say thank you guys. Have a good day. Awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for and, taking the moment. And what's more, I have to say, this is not an infomercial, but I, I'd be uh, disingenuous if I didn't say I get a warm, fuzzy feeling when <laughs> customers call me <laughs> and say nice things. But that's not the purpose of this show. And uh, we are truly consumer advocates, and we're not trying to sell you a car, I promise. Not at all. And but keep those kind of calls co coming. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're just here to spread the word and to take your calls and they're all very important and uh you know i have to mention that you know there was a time whenever we had a segment that uh included rick and it was a uh, uh, try to stump rick and it was always so much fun 
And that leads me to something that I want to share with the audience this morning. Um, Earl, Earl and I were talking, you know, about past shows, and uh, uh, I would ask a question at the beginning of the show just to stir some, some callers, and uh, I have one this morning for you, and uh, we want you to voice your opinion. Uh, it, it's a topic about the retail car business and why you think it's so good uh, during this uh, tumultuous, uh, terrible time with the pandemic. And uh, you compare it to the uh, retailers uh, that, are, that are failing, uh, that are laying off employees. And uh, we would uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on this question. So uh, join us this morning and uh, give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I'm actually a little embarrassed sometimes. I, I talk to people. Our business has never been better. Car dealers all over the United States, with some exceptions in some areas. But uh, in general, the car uh, dealers are selling... Um, a lot of new cars, a lot of used cars. It's about as good as it's been. And here we are in a huge economic, uh, we're under de a depression actually, with unemployment. Uh, we have people uh, that um, can't make their mortgage payments and they're having to extend, uh, banks are having to extend, uh, you know, uh, forgiveness for people that can't, uh, people don't have enough to eat. Uh, the, the retail car business there's never been better. So, yeah. great question. What is, What are your thoughts when you drive your car? Why Why are folks buying so many cars? You know, I, I and that's for new cars and used cars. And uh, Earl and I were talking, and I, I was mentioning the fact that, you know, with people being so cautious today, uh, you know, it, it seems like a win-win situation as far as purchasing a used or a new car right now. Uh, I know that I would want to share a ride or, you know, public transportation. So give us a call toll, give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think we got some text out there, don't we? I got YouTube. Actually, um, in conjunction with the conversation we were just having about parts with the cabin filters, mm -hmm. uh, Ben is asking. Is it common for dealers to upcharge parts sold from the service department versus the parts department? I found this on a few occasions where the part was actually cheaper at the parts counter than through the service department. Uh, it happens, and that's an excellent question. Um, it actually is. A, there's a legality issue there, and I can tell you what car dealers are supposed to do. They're supposed to charge the same price directly from the parts department that they charge in the uh, service department. Now, uh, the retail price, they're both retail prices. Um, car dealers do sell parts at wholesale, especially crash parts, fenders, and bumpers to body shops, and they'll sell them uh, wholesale. But uh, yeah, you should uh, check with your dealer. If you find out that the parts department is selling oil filters cheaper than what they're charging in the service drive, uh, that's not right and you should call it to their attention. Yeah. Just make sure you're breaking out the, the difference between the, the cost of the part and the cost of the labor. So you're gonna pay more. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. just the part. Yeah. And they should be broken down exactly. um, either way. Yeah. And I've got one other here for Stu. JK is asking, any word on the 
2021 RAV4 Hybrid XLE Premium spe uh, specifications. Uh, when will the pricing be released to the dealers? And as a follow-up, he's asking, he was told that Super White will not be available on the 21 RAV4. Well, I would, I would tell you that would be welcome news, and I know Earl's going to get a, a chuckle out of that. There's been nothing but a, 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 a sordid history of the Super White uh, fading, peeling, everything. It's always been a problem, and it's probably... Gosh, with all the support programs, all the things Toyota had to do with this car, that they, they had to been a loser for them. But um, the super white, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know that the 2020 RAV4, the white is a pearlized white, um, and that seems to be a lot more popular now. It costs a little bit more because it's a multi-stage application. Um, but it looks really nice. Your car is a, a pearlized white. Um, don't have any specs out on the 2021s. Um, usually we start to uh, see that coming in very shortly. It's funny, a lot of people ask me about like future vehicles. And the truth is, um, we are, we'll get like sneak peeks, um, like at a dealer meeting or they'll send out little teasers. But the actual details of the car, including the actual production date, is kind of kept pretty close to the vest by, by Toyota and I imagine the other manufacturers until um, you know, just a couple of months before um, yeah, car boss know about it more about it than we do we yeah. have we read the they have media. spies yeah. and they have airplanes and uh, you know they're taking pictures of cars that are being tested and usually yeah. the the press finds out about things that before the car dealer finds out exactly so we're, we're doing the same thing that you're doing um, I'm on the car blogs and social media looking for any kind of information especially if there's like a new exciting you know uh, uh, kind of car coming out like before the super came out Oh, I was yeah. all over just looking at the pictures, and nobody was really sure if you're looking at a, at, at a you know, fake or a real preview, but it's, a, it's always exciting. Okay. Text? Well, let me jump to anonymous feedback. I know that you guys talked about this, and Nancy uh, mentioned it a few minutes ago, and she's, uh, she's got a printout, and here it is. It's uh, clearly from a, a dealer, <laughs> and it says, uh, don't ostracize dealerships. Dealerships and people who run them have families and have houses to support and they have to make a living, so give them a break. The truth is dealers don't make much or sometimes nothing on new cars as the markups are very small. If a dealer makes 800 to $1,000, that's wonderful. 150 bucks to 200 goes to a salesman. So now you look at the dealership's cost of bringing the car in, sitting on the lot, paying interest on it, and many others. These profits don't look all, all that amazing. Dealers need to come up with alternatives to compensate and make a bit of a profit. Otherwise, it would not be a car business. It would be free cars. So give them a break and stop complaining. You absolutely do not need to deal with them. In fact, they are not happy. They're happy not to negotiate with problematic little whiners. As of me, I will always buy a new car and a new car only. I know where it comes from. I know the prices. I know the price outright, and I can maintain it as I please. It will run forever, and that is from Mr. P., Mr. P, thank you. Well, that was uh, such an interesting anonymous feedback. I actually uh, did uh, begin a, a blog article on that. And the reason I did is because this is the common language uh, from car dealers that uh, are critical of the show and my blog. And uh, if I were to overhear a conversation at the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, this would be dealers talking amongst themselves. Yep. Uh, they feel oppressed. They feel... Uh, taken advantage of and uh, and the cars aren't priced high enough and so on and so forth. The fact of the matter is that new cars have reached a point now where a lot of car dealers are breaking even, making a small amount or sometimes actually losing uh, amounts of money selling new cars. 
That has to do with the education of the consumer and the fact that a new car is a commodity. It's a, uh, you know, a, a new Honda Accord is a new Honda Accord is a new Honda Accord. They're all the same. So if you're selling Honda Accords, then you're going to have to be competitive with your uh, dealer down the street and the dealer way down the street. And if you're not, you don't sell the car. It was easy to trick and fool people 20 years ago. Today it's harder because they have a lot of data available to them. They can Google cost and they can Google uh, uh, competitive pricing. And so people are getting more and more educated. So they buy uh, a new Ford Focus and they shop with three or four dealers and they end up paying the dealer a very small profit. He adds in his overhead, he's actually losing money in the new car department. But before you start crying about that dealer going broke, think about the fact that that dealer will also sell service to that Ford Focus owner uh, for three, four, five, six, seven years. They do make good money in the service departments. They also got a trade-in on that Ford Focus, and they sell that used car, and they make nice profits in the used car department. They also finance that Ford Focus, and they made probably <coughs> twice as much money financing the car as they did on the profit when they sold the car. They have parts department, they sell parts for that Ford Focus. They get and big incentives, big kick, kickbacks from the manufacturer. Yeah, and if you, if you wreck your Ford Focus, they fix it in their body shop, and they make money there. So I, in my blog, I, I Googled AutoNation because that's a public company, and they have 300 and some odd retail dealerships around the USA. The average, um, the average AutoNation dealership makes about two and a half million dollars a year. Now that's not chump change, right? I mean, and that's after everybody gets paid. That's after taxes. So after taxes, uh, the stockholders of AutoNation, because it's a public health company. Uh, put $2.4 million in the bank uh, for every dealership, 370 dealers or something like that. That's a lot of money. Um, AutoNation is making money hand over fist. Here, here's an interesting thing about you people that are car dealers that are crying poor mouth. Uh, Lexus dealers have a, uh, have a club that's called the Million Dollar Club. And you get, to get into the Le Lexus Million Dollar Club, you have to make a million dollars a month. Now, Palm Beach Lexus, out here owned by AutoNation on Okeechobee Boulevard, is a member of the Million Dollar Club. So uh, they're, they're making a million dollars a month. So they're not hmm. dying. I mean, they're not going to go hungry. Weep, and, weep not. <laughs> <laughs> I just fell off okay. my chair. Go well, in there. Yeah, weep no more, my lady, is what okay. you know. yeah. I knew there was something there. Exactly. Okay. All right, so this is a this anonymous feedback came in last night. Clearly, Josh Stewart sent this in and says, Hey, Earl, Josh is cute. Is he single? Do you have any single sons? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is, Sorry, ladies, we're all taken. <laughs> sorry. All right, oh, uh, next one anonymous feedback. <laughs> I guess this is for Rick. It sounds technical. What the <laughs> hell is a solenoid? <laughs> Yeah, I love that. You know, a lot of people would be, you see anonymously, you can say that. Uh, mo most people don't know what a solenoid is, and you shouldn't be afraid. And not, yes, uh, that's correct. Well, I would be. Rick, do it. <laughs> a solenoid is basically it takes an electrical signal and changes it into a mechanical movement. So it would be like uh, you flip a light switch or, or you flip a switch, and the little arm would move at some point 
and it basically gives you a mechanical movement from an electrical source. Oh, good. You probably got electromagnetic stuff in there. In the, <clears throat> uh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Okay, so we have a, on, on Facebook from Linda, who is like one of our biggest fans. She's also a member of the International Sunrise Club. Yes. Um, she's got a great question, but I know the answer to it, so I want to answer it, even though it's a right question. She says, um, why did Toyota change the dashboards to black? It's way too hot. And here's my, this is my guess, because it's safer, has less reflection. It doesn't create a reflection on the inside, on, on your windshield. Therefore, it's safer, it does less distracting. Am I correct? Sounds good to me. Oh, come on. I, uh, well, I, I have a bone to pick with black dashboards and seats. I, in my car, the everything's black. The seats are black. The carpets are black. The dashboard's black. Because we talked you into it's it. Like a, it's like the black hole of Calcutta. I, if I drop something, it's just like... And it disappears. I can't, yeah, it's just there's no light. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a, what is it, a uh, star? A, uh, black hole. Yeah, black hole. Yeah. My, my cockpit of my car is like a black hole. Exactly. And what's really scary is if there's any spiders or any other things down there, you won't see them coming. Yeah. Mm. I go into a gas station, and I got my <laughs> gas cap switched right next to my, my uh, uh, hood release. So I come pull it in the gas station, and I pop my hood. And now i got to get out and put my hood down and... Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not making funny. I think as you get older, because it's happening to Wait me. Wait a minute. Man. I'm telling you, contrast is less. I experienced the same thing looking for something in the car with my daughter, who is 16. And she's, it's right there. And I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? And she could see it, and I couldn't. So uh -huh. I don't know. Um, on, the, on the same subject, we have a text, and this is from Stacy in Atlanta. Um, she says, uh, my car's interior surface is, is a freaking dust magnet. Seriously and literally, it's always dusty, and I finally realized the reason is static electricity. Is there any product that will de-static the plastic surfaces on my car's dash? I wish. I've got a dark gray dash in my Tacoma, <clears throat> and the TV screen on the radio, and they're just, ugh, it's always got that layer of dust. Yeah, I have a little microfiber cloth that I keep in the, like, in the center console, and yeah. I wipe it down, and it does a pretty good job. And the next day is dusty again. Exactly. Cause well, the there's static. an opportunity, and somebody should come up with a, an answer to yeah, that. It's, it's a, a great, gray or something, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got to be a way to... Yeah. I mean, it's all electronic, uh, electrostatic. It's, there's an answer out there. Yeah, I know there's, there are products for other things, like, you know, laundry. I mean, there's anti-static sprays and things like that. Yeah. I would imagine you could probably find something. Yeah. All right, got to start thinking about that. Okay. Uh, we got some more? I got, we got plenty. Okay. <laughs> uh, Here's an uh, a good uh, old standard. How do you go about getting the out-the-door prices from a car dealer by email? I find a lot of forms, um, but it's hard to find an email address. And that's from Sarah. It takes um, fortitude, and, uh, and you have to be persistent. And you have to be able to walk away from a dealer, not literally, because you're online. But if you have someone that's going to give you a hard time, just don't go there. If, if you're in a typical metro area, and you're trying to buy a Chevrolet, you're going to have four or five Chevrolet dealers within a reasonable distance. And uh, of those four or five, you might have one or two that give you a hard time. And you can tell the dealer up front, say, listen, I don't want to uh, buy the car until I have gotten my out-the-door price. And I'm going to check with four dealers or five dealers or whatever. You can check with 50 dealers if you, if you want to spend the time. But you check with X number of dealers. And the one that gives you the best out-the-door price. And Nancy Stewart came up with an affidavit 
which she asked the dealer to sign, right? Email or fax it to them? Yeah. And they sign it? Absolutely. Go to Earl on Cars, download that affidavit, and uh, use it. Uh, it's going to get you the out-the-door price uh, you can take and uh, fax it over to uh, whatever car dealer you're using, and uh, you can go from there, and it is a win-win situation. And just to be sure that they're not too dense about what you're talking about, I, I have a very simplistic definition of out-the-door price that even a car salesman can understand. The price is the number I write on my check and hand you the check and get in my car and drive it home. Because if you don't make it really simplistic, they will try to add hidden fees and dealer installed options. But the visual is pretty good. And if you can see the visual, you write the check out for $25,619. You rip it out of your checkbook, you hand it to the salesman, he takes it, puts it in his pocket, you get in the car and you drive home. That's an out-the-door price. Anything yeah. else is not out-the-door. Yeah. And if you Absolutely. get that from three or four dealers, you're going to get the best price, I promise you. Yeah, whenever you fax that uh, affidavit over and the uh, manager or the salesperson takes a look at it, uh, you know, it clearly states that uh, there are no added installer accessory fees, uh, no dealer fees, uh, no hidden fees, nothing. The out the door price plain and simple if he doesn't want to sign it walk away there's a lot of dealers out there that'll do business with you 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 more text oh yeah anonymous feedback uh my son is using his car to sterilize his face masks he hangs them from his rearview mirror, and he says the heat will kill the coronavirus. Is that true? Wow. We That's did see something about police car, like a police agency had installed something or had modified the computer to heat up the car on the inside to like 140 degrees. But I don't know. Um, we're not scientists. But Rick, do you know? Um. Rick knows everything. I've heard, the, I've heard the cars can get up to 130, 140 degrees inside, but I wouldn't count on that as being a, a proper way to disinfect a mask. No. Yeah. Uh, my opinion, if Sounds you want good, to disinfect a mask, I would wash it wash in some it. seriously hot water, uh, hit with it with detergent. The isopropyl alcohol, something that you know for sure is going to kill the germs. Now, I read something um, on, on mass that made a ton of sense, and it was from an, uh, a real authority. I can't remember who it was. They said the best way to do it, they said, and if you can afford it, you know, you, you have seven masks. You wear a fresh one every day. By the time you get to the seventh one, it's already been a week. There is no chance that any coronavirus uh, I like survives. I That's a good idea. I like yeah. that. So just change it out. Um, another anonymous feedback. What is the point of in-car Wi-Fi systems? Doesn't every man, woman, and child on Earth have their own cell phone? We're getting close to it, but uh, I, I hate the in-car Wi-Fi. I have yeah. in-car Wi-Fi. And I'm I know not, you do. I'm not going to start about that. Yeah. But I think it's a dumb idea. It is. I mean, the only time. I mean, you guys might have other ideas. The only thing I can think of is, let's say you had a kid 
who had a tablet, like an iPad, that didn't have the cellular data, and you wanted to be able to yeah. you know, amuse them um, yeah. on, with the Internet. But other than that, I think everybody's got their own cell phone. It right? just sounds good when they sell you the car, they yeah. get an extra 500 bucks because you think it's good, sure, and you yeah. find out it's not worth anything. Exactly. How are you doing over there, Rick? As I've I got keep going. three of them lined up. <laughs> uh, ready for them? Go okay. for it. Army Green X-Ray is asking, what is the difference between a 3.0 Supra to the A91 Supra? Is it just a cosmetic difference? That's Steel a really right up your alley. Yeah, I know. I should know this better. Um, I did upgrade recently from the 2020 Supra to a 2021. There was the A91 thing and the, and the premium. I think the A91, you know, I'm not going to open my mouth. I'm going to screw this up. I think there are special Google colors. It. Google it. Yeah, it's on Toyota.com, so... I'll, I'll circle back to this for you guys. It's kind of like a trim setting, a trim level thing. Yeah, and there might be certain colors that are available with it, and some. So move okay. on. I'll, I'll look it up. And Guy Larrabee says, first, I want to commend you on wearing masks. Here in Ontario, it's compulsory, and our death rate is much lower. With 2021 models on the way, will Toyota likely have manufacturer to dealer incentives? Um. Probably, yeah. I mean, uh, we asked, what, was it on a particular car? What was the? He's just kind of got it open. Is with twenty-one models, the the year twenty-one model year. Yeah. On the way, will Toyota likely have manufacturer to dealer incentives? Yes, and so th th they're ongoing, and this is interesting because we anticipated um, um, seeing like uh, vehicle uh, incentives being pulled back with the in inventory shortages, and we didn't really see that, and now. Um, across the board, Toyota, Ford, everybody, has, their inventories are, are, are starting to recover. And so, um, yeah, the, 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 right now, especially in an economic downturn, there's going to be um, pretty generous incentives um, that you'll see. And, and in Toyota, they've, they've maintained a fairly consistent uh, level of these things all year. So, Let me mention something on that earlier part. He talked about uh, wearing masks. And there's an interesting article in this week's Automotive News. That's the... Uh, trade journal for the uh, car dealers and the car, car manufacturers. And this particular article has to do with requiring customers to wear a mask, easier said than done. And uh, it's interesting because we went through this issue at our dealership. And when we started out back in what February, March, uh, we were reluctant to insist that our customers wear a mask. And then as things uh, got worse and worse and worse, and we finally got into terrible uh, we said, no, uh, if you're going to come into our dealership, you must wear a mask. There will be no exceptions. Uh, it's not easy to do, and you're going to lose some customers because there's some people out there that are hard-nosed. But I think, I think retailers and any business that has customers coming in, whether you're Target or Walmart or a car dealership, you have to have a hard and fast rule. Yeah. You, are, uh, you are responsible, a business is responsible for your employees, and you're responsible for the other customers. So when you have one person comes in and said, I'm not going to wear a mask and you're not going to make me, and that person comes in and sneezes on your employees or your other customers, you're risking their lives. It's yeah. a, a no-brainer. So um, this article in the Automotive News really made me think, what sort of person would allow in a retail business to have a customer come in without a mask? I know. Who? Uh, the ownership of Publix. Um, I complained to them uh, well, I didn't yesterday. Know that. 
Well, they have a rule they, that says it's required, but here's the rule. Um, I'll make it really quick. I went in there with my daughter, uh, saw a couple of people in there without a mask. I saw them interacting with the public's employees. Nobody said anything to them. I didn't say anything because I'm not going to create a conflict. Left. I went to Publix, made a complaint, and I found out what their policy was. Uh, they will, if somebody's not wearing a mask, they won't do anything unless another customer complains about them, and then they'll approach them, <coughs> offer them a mask, <coughs> offer them an alternative for like curbside. If they still refuse, they walk away from them and let them continue shopping. Stupid, yep. stupid. Just I'm so disappointed because too. Publix like is my second favorite store, Costco yeah. and Publix. I'm so disappointed and Costco, in public. And Costco will throw your butt out if, you, yeah. if you're not wearing a mask, yeah. and that's a good to, thing. To what you just said, that happened to me at Ace Hardware. They threw you out? And I asked the cashier as I was checking out, why do you have two customers in here without masks? And what they said, you know, and the, uh, the listeners right now can't see me. Well, maybe they can. He went. Hmm. Shrugged his shoulders. And I said, yeah. you know, we really all need to be wearing masks. Right on. Okay. Next okay. Stage. Moving on real quick on the A91 Supra. I was right in my guessing. It's just some cosmetic things that are available, like some carbon fiber, uh, special wheels, uh, special colors. So that's what the A91 Supra is. Same technical specifications. So not, uh, nothing, nothing different there. Okay. And Rico is asking, with manufacturers now offering cash rebates on some models, is it still possible to negotiate more of a discount than the cash offer from the manufacturer? Of course, it's always possible to negotiate more. Uh, I meant to, to talk last week about uh, stair-step financing, and this is something that is in certain regions. Toyota does this in the southeast United States. Other manufacturers do. Uh, stair-step, uh, I said financing, stair-step uh, incentives is what I'm trying to say. Stair-step incentive is a kickback that car dealers get when they hit a certain level of volume in a month or in 60 days or in 90 days. And I'm going to stop myself because we have prioritized our callers and we have a caller. Yes, we definitely do. John, thanks for your patience. Good morning. John's calling us from West Palm Beach. What can we do for you this morning, John? Oh, good morning. I just wanted to touch on what uh, you were talking about previous um, as far as uh, alignment. Mm -hmm. I purchased the car from you, a uh, used one, and mm -hmm. as part of the paperwork, you had done the front end alignment already, and uh, I had appreciate I didn't have to ask for it. I don't know if you do that with all your used cars that come in. Um, my salesman was wonderful. His name's you. I know he's not listening because when I asked him if he listens to Earl Stewart on cars, he said, people listen to that? <laughs> so, I don't know why you don't put that through your dealership. <laughs> well, we should, and I keep telling my son to do it, but he ignores me. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> but anyways, he's he still asleep when we start the show. Guy. Wonderful salesman, fully back. It's every you know, But like I said, we were, we were really, as a matter of fact, there was warrant as the car that I purchased. We didn't know if it was still under warranty. Uh, you fixed this scratch that was in the vehicle that wasn't caught when they put it on the lot. You guys took and fixed it for, for free, and then you even took the car down to uh, Genesis for warranty work because the seat wasn't working. And we didn't know until after we purchased it, you know, and we had, you had that seven-day money-back guarantee. And uh, like I said, you, you never had such care, you know, which is going to bring us back. And uh, we just really appreciate it. Well, thank you, John. I really appreciate it, too. It was a good car. It was, it was the best car buying experience. I'm feeling warm and fuzzy again. Thank you, John. <laughs> thank You're you so welcome. much. 
you know, the the uh, alignment, you had already you had already taken care of that. And we didn't even have to ask on a used car. Yeah. Let alone. So Anyways. Thank you, John. Call, call again. I oh, really appreciate the call. Yeah, John, thank you so much, and uh, you enjoy your weekend. On that subject of alignments, if you'll allow me to say this, is that uh, I actually went to fight, had a fight with Toyota over alignments, and what John said that made me think about that was that we had pre-checked the used car we had for alignment. Every car should be pre-checked for alignment because, as I said earlier, you can have a car out of alignment that you don't know visually you can't tell and you can't feel it so we started checking new cars for uh front end alignment we found out that one out of ten i think it was or uh what the like ratio was out of alignment and then toyota said well you can't be checking these new cars for alignment because we won't reimburse you for warranty and i said that we're finding out that about one out of ten right. is out of alignment if i sell it to a customer and he drives it for three or four or five months, he can ruin a set of tires. Mm -hmm. So we're going to continue to do that. And the argument was you can't offer an alignment check unless the customer complains about poor alignment, but yeah. oftentimes you don't know if there's yeah. bad alignment. So we did it anyway, and then Toyota came in and audited me and really uh, smacked me around mm. and tried to intimidate me. But they found me. that every single alignment check we did was legitimate. Exactly. They got us for sloppy paperwork. On exactly, things, and they so. got us for sloppy paperwork. Just one of those dirty little stories, inside stories, I thought I would share yeah, with 20,000 people they, out there, including all you Toyota people that are really mad at me right now. Yeah, they've really smacked you around several yeah. times. Uh, folks, I asked a question earlier, and uh, it, if you can't answer it now, you can certainly text us, and uh, we can uh, share that with the audience next week. But uh, why do you think that uh, the uh, car business is, is so good right now with this terrible uh, pandemic? And why uh, more re retailers are failing, uh, employees are getting uh, laid off. My first thought uh, on that when you asked that question and was was uh, was pent up demand, but it's been going on too long for that. You know, in, in March and April, the wheels came off completely. We just stopped selling cars. Everybody stopped selling cars. Yeah. And then I thought, well, maybe as people they opened up the economy, people came back out. But this is it, it's continued to go. So yeah. I and don't know. And, and with the exception of uh, uh, retailers like Amazon, uh, you know, why are people buying so many new and used cars? So uh, that's a question we're going to look into. Uh, even if we run out of time today, we'll take it up again next week. You can text that question yeah. at 772-497. Excuse me, you can text that answer at 772-497-6530. And uh, we are going to freeze the lines. Uh, Jonathan just gave me the signal at uh, 9.30. And uh, we would love for you to vote on the mystery shopping report that Please is going do. to come from Bev Smith Kia. But don't stop texting Pierce. and yeah. don't stop Facebooking Wait. and YouTubing because we'll probably finish up the report before the end of the show, and yeah. then we'll get back to those texts. And yeah, whatnot. you can yeah. definitely text. Well, we can do a lightning two. round. We have some uh, a, little, a little backlog of anonymous feedback and uh, some text. Let's so, do it. Okay, first one. Uh, anonymous feedback. Can I lease a new car through my personal bank? SunTrust is my bank. Answer is probably not. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's a choice that banks make, and uh, some do lease cars and some don't. Okay, uh, next anonymous feedback. Why does air-cooled seats option cost more on many cars? Is it more susceptible to problems? 
Um, I'm not aware of any problems with the air conditioning seats. It is a wonderful option. I just, uh, it's going to cost more, but um, don't really have an answer. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, okay, go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say, uh, Rico is asking if you could finish up for your, your answer on, is it possible to, dis to negotiate more of a discount off of the, below the cash offers from uh, rebates from manufacturers? Yeah, you, yeah. you know, you, you, the best thing to do is don't play the game with one dealer. And the best thing to do is go to three different dealers of that make and ask for their out-the-door price. We talked about this earlier. And say, you have one chance at me. You can either give me your best price uh, and hope I don't beat it, and then you have a, some chance that I'll buy the car from you. Or you can refuse to give me your lowest price, in which case there's no way on God's green earth you're ever going to sell a car. Yeah. To, so they have a choice. Usually uh, the better dealers, the more intelligent dealers, will give you their best price. And usually you'll beat that price, but that's competition, and that's the free marketplace, yeah. and that's the way it's supposed to be. The reality of it is that if you go in there with that sort of approach, uh, car dealers, they look at different types of customers. There's laydowns, there's, there's tough guys and all that. Usually somebody comes in there, yeah, you got this internet warrior, and he's getting quotes. They don't want to waste time. They make a shot, but a lot of yeah. times they'll just go ahead and give you the price. They'll make their money on the suckers. Yeah. They don't put up a fight. But the, you have to nail the price down because they'll throw a price out there that'll get you in the door and they'll go through the game of the hidden fees and the dealer and sole accessories. So you have to nail them down. You have to give them the definition of the out-the-door price and you have to mention the affidavit that you can access at Earl on Cars. That fully, completely explains what an out-the-door price is. But if you don't do that, uh, you're in for a big surprise, which is kind of painful when you drive maybe 50 miles to the dealer that you thought had the lowest price and he starts tap dancing and adding hidden fees yeah, and things like right. that. Um, this is from Douglas and Apopka. Earl, considering your involvement in all things doggy, have you considered lobbying the powers that be to institute laws slash regulations that would mandate vehicle safety restraint systems for dogs? It's a great idea. I saw something uh, uh, in a magazine or a newspaper the other day, but there, there absolutely should be, and I think that's a excellent suggestion. I'm going to talk to Lori Simmons. She's the founder of Big Dog Ranch Rescue, yeah. and she's got a lot of political connections, and uh, she is uh, passionate about her doggies, mm -hmm. and I think we should try maybe doing some lobbying on that. Good idea. Um, good morning. was wondering what's the best place to look into if a car has been in an accident. Sometimes it seems that cars don't get reported in Carfax. My friend got a used truck from a dealer that was certified, but it looks like there are some discrepancies on someone's on, the, on, the, on some body panels. Other than Carfax and AutoCheck, I don't know another way to find out about the accidents. But you check of, both. You can check AutoCheck and Carfax. Yeah. That helps a little bit. Um, getting a, um, a professional to inspect it um, in, a, in a body shop, possibly getting up on a lift, you can see evidence of um, repairs and certainly paint work. Uh, you can figure that out with a simple little device if you... I would imagine if you brought your car into a to a used car dealership, say, hey, ask them to meter it. They'll know what you're talking about. They might do it for free. Yeah, it's uh, the best thing, single best thing. If I'm buying a used car, the one thing even better than a Carfax or AutoCheck, uh, better than any, you you have to take it to a trusted independent mechanic. Pay him to check the car out. He'll check it out mechanically and also for body repair and they'll take out for flood or any a number of other things that you can't always be sure are going to be reported by Carfax. Have a good man or a woman 
check that car out and pay him 150, 200 bucks. It'll be the best 200 bucks you ever spent. Okay. Uh, hi, Earl. It's Steve from New Jersey. Hey, Steve. He's got a question for Rick, even though this should probably be directed to Alan, our collision expert. Um, how soon after a new car is built can you wax it? Does the new paint have to age for a period of time before waxing? Great question. I don't know. Do you know? I've actually never really encountered or considered that. I would say it's probably uh, strong enough that within the first month you could go ahead and put a coat of wax on it. Yeah. Here in Florida, I, I would do it. Alan usually listens to the show. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a text uh, during the mystery shopping report. And if not, I'll text him anyway, and Steve will get that answer for you. And the last bit, we're here, we're, we're wrapping it up. The lightning round worked. Um, anonymous feedback. Um, with regards to faxing the affidavit to the dealership, we're talking about Nancy's out the door, lowest price affidavit. Um, with regards to faxing the affidavit to the dealership, when do you send it? Is it after you find the lowest price from all the dealers, or do you send it to all the dealers in the beginning of your search? That's a good question. Oh. I would say it'd be uh, your choice. I would uh, personally, I do it uh, at the end. I would, uh, I would use the explanation of what an out the door price is. I would clearly explain this is your last conversation with me. Absolutely. And uh, you will not be able to contact me in any way, shape, or form if you do not send me my out the door price. Yeah. Once you have that, then use the affidavit as a as the final touch to be sure they don't misunderstand. And once they see that affidavit and sign it, uh, it's a done deal. Yeah, mm -hmm. after the transaction, as Earl said, after the transaction is completed and uh, you know, knowledge is power, folks. Once the uh, transaction is completed, it's up to them. Like I said, <laughs> walk away. There are so many dealerships that you can deal with knowledge is power you want that uh out the door price you can have it there's no negotiation you can have the out the door price I've last got, text i'm oh, sorry i got one quick one when you yep. get yours in go for it can someone please explain the difference between lane keep assist and blind spot monitor yes uh blind spot monitor lets you know if someone's in your blind spot lane keep assist actually nudges uh, your car back into the lane if you start to stray across the line Exactly. Uh, Josh is asking, when will dealers receive the RAV4 Prime plug-in hybrid? And since it's proven to be so popular, will Toyota increase production and availability? Nope, nope, nope. Um, it's going to be limited to states with special emission uh, standards, um, which means Florida doesn't is not going to get any. The southeast isn't going to get any. Um, we were, because we're really cool and special and smart, uh, we were able to wrangle one out of Toyota, and we had one delivered to the dealership. It's for a, 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 um, a, it's, it's a sold one, and we don't anticipate being able to do that really at all. That was kind of a miracle that we pulled Ooh. off. Okay. We're good. We're all caught up, ready to go. Ministry okay, shopping. Great. Keep the text coming in because we still might have a few minutes yeah. at the end. Absolutely. Folks, before we get to the mystery shopping report, I want to mention that I didn't mention earlier uh, remember our friend. Well, we're trying to make her our friend, and that's Attorney General Ashley Moody. Give her a call. Her number, 850-414-3300. She can help us. She can help us to outlaw these dealerships that are taking advantage. Please, Attorney General Ashley Moody. This is her job, 850 414 3,300. 
Okay, Mr. Shop of Best Smith Kia in Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, here's a little uh, heading here. Meet the dealer. This is the... Uh, that, that's my, my traditionally I, I put that on all our Bev Smith shops. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, meet the dealer. I don't know whether uh, Nick Smith is out of the uh, dealership. Now he used to own that. That was uh, Bev Smith's son, Nick Smith. And I think he's retired. Now maybe uh, Frank Gonzalez uh, does own the dealership now. I don't know. At the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, we uncovered a ton of bad car dealer advertising tactics that tried to take advantage of the economic anxiety so many people were and are experiencing. The worst of the worst, by far, was an ad run back in April by Bev Smith Toyota in Fort Pierce. It was a twist on the very common zero interest for 84 months offer. And here's the ad. Bev Smith, uh, Toyota stimulus, we want to help. It goes on to proclaim 0% APR, annual percentage rate financing, for 84 months. Get a check for up to $5,000 back when you buy. Make no payments for six months when you buy or lease. Get a $25 Walmart or Lowe's gift card with any test drive, even at home test drives. Seems tame enough until you read the fine print. And you can't read the fine print. You just flat cannot read it. So we've blown it up and this is what it says. Offers on select model with approved credit, that's standard. Example vehicle new 2019 Toyota Sequoia, so that's last year's model. Uh, and it gives a MSRP and a stock number. Uh, cash back in lieu of all incentives and rebates. For retail new Toyota contracts, first three months deferred through Southeast Toyota Finance, meaning you, uh, you still have to pay them, uh, make the payments, but they're deferred and they come up in a clump. Uh, for, for, for leasing a new Toyota contract, six months covered by Best Smith Toyota on up to $3,000. Gift cards provided by Best Smith Toyota for new and used car drives. Uh, okay. Sorry about that, folks. We got a phone that went off unbeknownst. One per household prior test drives included, excluded. Finance offer available through Space Coast Credit Union. Now we're getting into the meat of it. If you were confused, just think how confused you'd be if you can't read the fine print. So we get into the, it's a Space Coast Credit Union. That's up there at Merritt Island. Yeah. Uh, for first responders and medical field employees only. So through one credit union that you have to be a member of and only applies for first responders and medical field employees. All offers exclude tax tag title registration, $898.50 dealer fee. These charges represent cost and profit to the dealer for items such as inspecting, cleaning, and adjusting vehicles and preparing documents related to the sale. See dealer for complete details and it expired and it would last May 4th. Uh, Best Smith actually took a real offer. This is this is really low. Best Smith actually took a real offer meant for frontline health workers and first responders, limited to them, and used it as a virtually unobtainable qualifier in their ad. Very unethical. We came down on them hard during that show, and they deserved it. And they never complained. And I can see why. They were embarrassed by it. They should have been. Hopefully they never did it again. Hopefully it was a fluke. 
Uh, we took a look uh, this week for other Bill Smith ads that would make for an interesting mystery shop. It had been back two years since we last investigated Bill Smith Kia in Fort Pierce. So we started there. And for you people that haven't listened to the mystery shopping reports before, we've been doing this for 17 years. So we have shopped virtually every dealer in South Florida, and we shop them over again. Get a good report, we go back later. Might be six months, might be a year, or they get a bad report. We always go back. People can change for the worse, for the better. So this is a second shop. We hadn't uh, shopped them in two years. Um, right away, their big offer of the month caught our attention. And this offer says, uh, extended by popular demand, Beth Smith Kia, employee pricing. You pay what we pay. Sounds good, doesn't it? Um, the thing to remember if you're looking at an ad, this is not an uncommon car dealer ad, manufacturers have employee pricing uh, for their people and it's a legitimate deal. Uh, I think Ford has it and General Motors has it. Uh, I'm not sure of all the manufacturers that do have that, but it's legitimate. It's a price less than the average person on the street could buy the car for. So it is a good deal. Car dealers have employee pricing and we found through experience over the years that most employee pricing for car dealers is paying uh, the dealer fee, the hidden options and the price is not much better than the average customer, probably maybe not as good as some customers can negotiate. So when you see employee pricing, first of all if it's not extended and offered by the manufacturer of that car, forget about it. If it's a car dealer so just, just be aware, employee pricing is whatever the car dealer decides he wants to sell cars to his employees, and typically they try to sell it and make a big, big profit. Um, the last time car dealers were big on the employee price thing was way back during the Great Recession. Back then some of these offers were legitimate, some were bogus, but the goal was the same, to use economic anxiety to draw customers into new car showrooms. When we saw Beth Kia's employee pricing ad, to be perfectly honest, we assumed it was a sham, but of course, we had to investigate to be sure. We called Agent Thunder. Here's the report. Speaking in the first person, as if I am Agent Thunder. I headed to Fort Pierce to check out their employee pricing offer. On their website, the ad did not offer much information at all. The only fine print attached to the offer read simply, See dealer for That's details. <laughs> I clicked, they kept clicking it, going, yeah. no, nah, not See dealer for details. I mean, what a, what a catch-all that is. I decided I would do a Larry Laydown. That's the name we use for we don't negotiate, we don't ask questions. We just go in there with total naivety. Uh, you know, how much do you want me to pay? Where do I sign? $100 bills hanging out of the pocket. Yeah, and, that, and, and there's a lot of people that do that. And that's, yeah. what, that's one of the, to, to me, the meanest most evil things about the car business, which isn't a, a illegal thing, but it's the meanest thing. You take someone that isn't uh, 100% right. Uh, I've had customers call me because their elderly mother or father uh, was taken advantage of and paid exorbitant profits and uh, perhaps uh, dementia. Uh, unless you have um, been declared incompetent by the court in the state of Florida and probably every other state, no matter how old you are and how unaware you are, 
if you buy a car and sign the papers, you bought a car. Yeah. And if there were no laws broken, there's no, you can sell a car in every state, I believe, for $1,000 over MSRP, for $10,000 over MSRP, and it's perfectly legal. And we see this happening with people that are not able to understand. And they're so that's, it's legal, but it's, it's probably the meanest thing that car dealers do. Uh, I was greeted by a salesman waiting at the front door. His name was Todd. He asked me why I was there. I told him I wanted to uh, take, uh, up on, I want to take him up on their employee pricing ad. I said I was interested in a new 2020 Kia Optima. I told him I wanted to pay what he pays. He's an employee. Todd welcomed me inside. I was relieved to see that the dealership was following strict COVID guidelines, masks, social distancing, even plastic sneeze guards on the desk. So there's been a, a remarkable change since Palm Beach County made it illegal uh, not to, for, you know, for retail establishments uh, to uh, not wear masks. Um, so it's uh, before that, if you're a regular listener to the show, you go back a month or two, we found it hard to find dealers that were wearing masks uh, in the dealerships, the uh, salesmen. Um, at his desk, Todd uh, asked me what I was interested in. I repeated what I wanted. Uh, Best Smith Kia employee pricing, like the ad said, I want a new 2020 Kia Optima. We went through the motions of information exchange. After he entered everything into his computer, he excused himself to find another salesperson to help him. He didn't explain why. I assumed it was because he was new. He returned with Sal, who immediately began asking me questions about the Optima that I wanted. I selected a silver Optima LX with an MSRP of 24570 Sal left to see if they could find a match for me. While we waited, Todd and I spoke about the ad. He told me that the employee pricing was part of Best Smith's preferred customer program. So now we're not off, we're hmm. off the employee pricing and they're talking about the preferred customer program. If I weren't being Larry Laydown, I'd say, but I want employee pricing. What's his preferred customer? But yeah. I didn't say that. And people that are timid, they're not aggressive and they're, you know, timid is the best word. Yeah. They're not gonna argue with a salesperson. Reticent. Uh, yeah, they're gonna accept what happens. Um, he didn't offer any more than, than that, just a preferred customer program. Sal returned, said he had a silver one waiting for us out front. He suggested Todd and I take a test drive. We agreed, went outside, found the car. Todd went over the features with me, he did pretty well. On the test drive, Todd seemed more at ease and demonstrated a lot of knowledge about the car. Maybe he wasn't as green as I originally thought. When we returned, Todd did a trial close, just like a pro. He asked me if I loved it. I said I loved it a lot. He asked me if everything worked out, numbers-wise, would I take it home that afternoon? I said, I'll consider it. Sal met us back at the desk. He asked me if I was financing or paying cash. That's a standard question. If you're paying cash, you better watch out because they got to make all the money on the sale. If you say, I, I'll, I'll probably finance it or I may finance it, they can make a ton of money on the financing. They might be a little bit easier on you on the price. So it's a little, little tip. I said I plan to pay cash but would entertain a compelling finance offer. Sal asked how much money I could put down. I said I could do $5,000. He asked if I needed a new tag. Uh, or had one to transfer, I said needed a new tag. That way he established the price of the tag. Much more if to have to buy a new tag. 
Sal asked me if I was taking delivery today. I said, I, I told Todd I would consider it if the numbers work for me. He asked me what I meant by consider. He seemed to want to know why, why couldn't I give him a definite yes. So he's getting pushy here. Yeah. So we'll turn the pressure up. Not good. Uh, but it's not illegal. It's just old school. I said I would uh, likely need to speak with my wife before making a final decision. Sal said I could drive the car to her to discuss it. More high pressure. Uh, I said that it would be impossible today because she's at work in Deerfield. I declined. Sal pushed, uh, pushed some more and said the car could be sold before I made up my mind. He went through all the checklist of pressure, pressure, pressure. Mm -hmm. By the day, by the day, by the day. And that's old school. Sal left to get the printed proposal. He returned within a couple of minutes and presented the preferred customer program. It's funny, no mention of employee pricing at all. The top line was $3,494 higher than MSRP. $3,495 over sticker. Mm -hmm. That's the top line, okay? Jacked up the price so they could show you some discounts. Jack it up high enough, they could show you big discounts. Then he took off a $5,000 rebate before discounting at another $4,494. This was labeled preferred customer program. That's pretty big. That's, uh, you're looking at uh, 9500 bucks. 9500 bucks, huge uh, discount. Uh, even accounting for the $3,494 uh, addendum that they added to the MSRP. The selling price was $18,570. He added an $898.50 pre-delivery service fee dealer fee, hidden fee, then sales tax and 353 for a new tag. Out the door I was at 21,347 bucks. Sal sounded excited as he explained the figures to me. He exclaimed that it was a great deal and said it really was what he would pay. He said I couldn't beat the deal. Said it looked fantastic, said my wife would enjoy going over the worksheet with me. Sal objected and said I didn't need the worksheet if I was going to take the car. I asked him not to get upset, but my wife would really like to see everything in writing. I told him not to worry. This was indeed a great deal. Yeah. Uh, excuse me for a second. Do you think that Todd um, wanted to go to Deerfield to pick up his wife? I um, think he would have. You, you, you think so? I think that would have closed the deal. Sal offered to make a copy for me. He left, returned right away with a copy of the worksheet. I said I would be in touch by the weekend. So to wrap it up, it was hard to figure out whether the best Smith Kia gave to Agent Thunder was really employee pricing. We looked at TrueCar to see what a super low price would be. TrueCar is not as easy as it used to be to, to calculate these things, but we were able to learn that a great price on a new 2020 Kia Optima LX is around $21,900 after dealer fees and dealer installed accessories. Agent Thunder's price was 19. Four sixty-eight, nineteen thousand one hundred sixty-eight dollars after uh, the $898.50 dealer fee was added. This is about $1,500 less than the best price we found on TrueCar. A better deal, but we don't have any way to find out if it was really uh, the price Sal or Todd would pay. So, kind of a surprise ending uh, that uh, there's actually uh, apparently a very good price on the car. Yeah, After all good. the smoke settles. Yeah, I'm not quite sure because I know even on TrueCar, when you look at it, they they account for dealer fees and, and addendums and all that. Yeah. So, it's a yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty good deal. Uh, whether it's yeah. the best deal and it's truly like the cost of the car, but yeah. it's, it's it's probably a 
reasonable deal, at yeah. least, and maybe a really good deal. Yeah, they have a, a process, and it's, you know, like you said, they jack up the, the top line to make the discount seem more impactful, and they're, they're probably doing that on every deal, whether it's an employee pricing deal or just yeah. somebody walks in on the lot and yeah. doesn't know about it. So yeah. it's just a bunch of sh- Well, if you uh, shop enough Kia dealers, you're going to get a, a better price. And this, this was a good price. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could take this price here and shop it with some yeah. other Kia dealers and be sure this was out the door. Because you've got to remember, until you actually sign the papers in the business office, you're working with yeah. a worksheet. Until you actually sign the papers in the business office, they still have the opportunity to stick it to you. Yeah. Uh, hidden fees, dealer installed accessories, they can pop out at any time. And if they don't pop out in the business office, they're not going to pop out well, at all. Yes, yeah, so Agent Thunder, when he asked him if he was paying cash or, um, or, or financing, he says cash, but he would entertain a good yes. uh, financing deal. Yeah. So I guarantee if he was really going to buy the car, that would be yeah. the message to the finance manager when he goes in the box. He goes, this guy's thinking about financing, convert him. Which, in other words, switch him from a cash deal to a finance deal where it's easier to sell them more stuff in finance. Well, we got a vote on this, don't we? We do. Okay. Um, let me just see if we have any coming in. I'll throw in my vote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass them um, and give them a C, I think. That's what I'm going to do. Nancy, what about you? What do you oh, think? All, about all the tricks of the trade. Yeah. It's crazy, huh? Crazy. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give them a C minus. C minus? Rick? I'm, a, I'm going right along with it. C. I think they gave them a, a reasonable price. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to give them a C plus. I, I, I think that in spite of the aggravation, in spite of the high pressure, if you look at them in the grand scheme of things, with all the deals we mystery shop, uh, they got a good price. Yeah. And uh, the there was only one dealer fee that we know of. Yeah. And we don't know about dealer installed. I, I got to give them a C plus above we got, average. We got grades coming in on Facebook. Uh, uh, well, Linda is giving us an A for our show. Thank you, Linda. Um, she's giving them a big, uh, a mean and nasty big C. And since they wore a, ma- a mask, so it's a cool C. Yeah. Uh, Steve uh, gives them a D. Uh, Andrew gives them a C. Steve gives them, another Steve gives them a, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. He's just saying he's feeling generous giving him the C. So there we go. I've got Karen with the C minus, Rico with a C, uh, Tom Gilliland, D. Mark Ryan C, Wayne Vate C. Well, they go on a recommended list, and congratulations, uh, Ben Smith Kia and Frank Hernandez and the dealership in Fort Pierce, or is that Stewart? That's up in Fort Pierce. Fort Pierce. If you want to buy a Kia, they're on our recommended list, and there's some rough Kia dealers out there, so we got one that's recommended. Yeah, they're recommended, but uh, watch out for the uh, tap dancing and all the tricks of the trade. and. Like I say, ladies and gentlemen, knowledge is power, uh, and that reflects my C minus. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of another fantastic show. We wish all of you a very safe and wonderful weekend, and again, thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. Stay